Hello, welcome to my podcast entitled Surviving Private Practice in Malaysia. My name is Dr. Selva. I'm a consultant obstetrician and gynecologist at Makota Medical Center in Malacca, Malaysia. This is my second podcast entitled When to Leave for Private Practice. One of the most difficult decisions I had to do in my life was to leave government service. Having worked in the public sector for nine years, I was not able to improve myself in the areas of my interest, namely minimally invasive surgery or laparoscopic surgery and assisted reproductive techniques or IVF. Makota Medical Center offered me a job with training in laparoscopy and I took that offer. The timing to leave for private practice is different for different specialties and at different times. My seniors told me, if you want to leave government service, leave early you will have more time to establish yourself. I took the advice and left at the age of 34. I could do so in 1994 because I thought I had enough skills to survive in private practice. My training in laparoscopic surgery in Taiwan was an additional skill. Makota Medical Center also gave me a guaranteed income for the first year, which was twice my government income of Ringgit Malaysia 3,800. At present, remuneration at public hospitals is far better than in 1994. Many public hospitals also allow limited private practice, whereby a day off is given from work per week to do locum. In the universities, private practice is sessional. However, it is difficult for junior specialists to compete for patients with their more established and reputable professors. Before making a decision to leave for private practice, there are several points to consider. What are the advantages of government service and academic institutions compared to private practice? You have a guaranteed salary and pension for your retirement. You also have junior doctors to do all the menial work, as well as seniors to advise you and to whom you can easily refer difficult cases. You can also interact with and learn from doctors in the other government hospitals. You can take leave at any time without worrying about losing your patients. There is also no need to look for someone to cover for you. There will always be someone to take over your cases once you punch out. In addition, you will be able to more easily attend continuous medical education sessions, perform research and attend conferences. On the other hand, the disadvantages of government service include having to abide by the rules of the health ministry or your head of department, which may not always be in accordance to the latest clinical guidelines due to lack time in implementation. Continuity of patient follow-up is never of a choice. It may be difficult or limited in scope. The on-call schedule may not be to your convenience or liking. Similarly, you may be called back to work at any time despite being on leave, and indeed leave can be frozen if the hospital deems it necessary. I remember the time when I was a junior specialist in Hospital Sultana Amina Johobaru when I had to go to Moa Hospital to cover on Deepavali Day because there was no non-Hindu specialist available to cover the hospital when the consultant there went on leave for Deepavali. You may not be able to explore your areas of clinical interest. Your career advancement and promotions depend on your superiors. This may sometimes mean seeing your juniors advancing ahead of you. So why do specialists leave for private practice? The most common reason is to make more money. It is easier to leave when you are younger as your income is not yet high and private practice will seem more lucrative. However, if you leave at a later age when your income is higher, you will have much more to lose. 
those in the pensionable scheme would have to try to get optional retirement in order not to lose their pensions, while some may indeed wait until retirement before moving to private practice. Another reason is to ensure a stable home, especially for those with families. Previously, a promotion in government service usually meant a transfer to another city or state. Many specialists do not like to be transferred frequently and so they leave government service. However, transfers are not so common nowadays, although there may be transfers to smaller district hospitals when a promotion is given. When subspecialist training is offered, it is written in the contract that you will need to agree to work in a designated hospital after completion of the training. Some specialists may not be satisfied with the work that they are doing and so leave government service to do what they really want to. In private practice, you have more freedom as most of the time you are your own boss. In addition, there may be more opportunities for self-improvement in the private practice. Another aspect is that of patient care. It is nice to be able to see a patient throughout his or her life. The continuity of patient follow-up may not be possible in the government service as one is too busy tying up all those loose ends of all your junior doctors. But private practice is not all rosy. You are now at the mercy of your patients. As a private specialist is a sole practitioner, you are on your own most of the time. Firstly, you must find a way to bring patients into your clinic. This is especially so when you first start out in private practice as all your patients will be new ones. Next, you have to please them and comply with all their whims and fancies so that you can convert them to repeat patients and keep them in your practice. You may have been very popular in government service, but don't expect your patients to follow you to private practice. Most of them will most likely ask you to refer them to another government hospital when you leave. And in order to establish yourself not to lose your patients to your competitors, you cannot afford to take leave, especially in the early part of your practice. I did not take any leave for three years as a private specialist in order to establish my practice. You cannot afford to fall sick. Even if you are unwell, you will need to pull yourself up to continue seeing patients and not to lose them to your competitors. I had a laparoscopic appendectomy in 1998 and I was working in my clinic the very next day. You don't have the benefit or privilege of taking long leave to recover from an illness. As a new specialist in private practice, working is going to be slow. It will be demoralizing. You may feel depressed and useless as you are not utilizing your skills. You will miss the busyness of government service. You will need to market yourself. When I first started in 1994, I felt awkward visiting general practitioners. I would give the receptionist my calling card and wait to be called in to introduce myself to the general practitioner. I felt like being a drug representative. Doctors are never trained to do this. In our line of work, we sit and wait for patients to come and see us and not vice versa. Also, when you first start working in a private practice, the hospital will try their best to promote you. Just when you think you are comfortable, the hospital will bring in another specialist in your field. So you have to constantly be on your toes to ensure that your rice bowl is protected. Similarly, when you are in government service, all the private practitioners in your city are your friends. When you move to private practice, they will see you as their competitors instead. Before leaving for private practice, you will need to decide what is your USP, unique selling proposition. What are the special factors that will make a patient choose you over your competitor? 
In the book Blue Ocean Strategy, the authors Chan Kim and Rene suggested that you should open up uncontested market space, thereby making competition irrelevant. So very early in my career, in order to survive in private practice and acknowledging my physical deficiencies, I decided to adopt this strategy. I learned to speak Mandarin, focused on being the best in laparoscopy and hysteroscopy, and be the first to start IVF services south of Kuala Lumpur. I'm still looking for opportunities to distinguish myself in my specialty. So when to leave for private practice? Now that you have all the information, you have to decide whether you are ready to leave government service. There are a thousand reasons you can tell yourself why you think you are not ready. A colleague of mine once told me, every day I wake up and ask myself, am I ready to leave for private practice? The answer is always not yet. So I stayed in the government service. Unfortunately, he passed away while in government service. Another professor once asked me, how sure are you that you will never fall sick during your entire time you are going to be in private practice? He stayed on in the university until retirement. Someone once told me, make that jump to private practice and you will find your way. There is an ocean of opportunities awaiting you. Are you prepared to take the jump? I took the jump in 1994. The only problem is that no one told me that in the same ocean, there are also ferocious sharks waiting to sink me. Well, only you can make that decision as to when you are ready to leave for private practice. At present, continuing to work for the government is going to be more enticing. The reason being young doctors are all on contract and are not assured of a permanent job. So if you already have a permanent job, it will be more difficult to leave. Always remember that when you leave, only few will have an easy path to success. For most of us, it will be a slow and arduous journey grinding through hard work to achieve success.